안녕하세요. Good morning, good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까? Today, I'd like to talk about opening, inheriting, and fulfilling the era of the victory, liberation, and completion of true parents from Mother's Anthology, Volume 2. Let's study. <clears throat> Opening, inheriting, and fulfilling the era of the victory, liberation, and completion of the true parents. My beloved Women's Federation for World Peace members and most honorable women leaders for peace. First of all, I would like to express my deepest gratitude to God and my husband, the Reverend Samyang Moon, for the great success of this convention to open inherit and fulfill the era of the victory, liberation and completion of the true parents of heaven, earth, and humankind. Held today in commemoration of the 20th anniversary of the founding of the Women's Federation for World Peace. At the same time, I would like to convey my grateful heart to all of you. The Women's Federation for World Peace was founded in April of 1992 as a central organization of the women's peace movement in accordance with the will of heaven by Reverend Samyang Moon and me at the Seoul Olympic Stadium in Jamshil. It accompanied the declaration of the advent of the global era of women attended by representative women from more than 70 nations and 150,000 Korean women leaders. We did not intend this federation to be a women's organization typical of this world. It does not aim to be an external, political, and combative women's rights movement, mainly targeting men, advocating expansion of women's rights, gender equality, and workplace rights. Rather, it is oriented by providence and designed to realize God's ideal of creation. During the past 20 years, the Women's Federation for World Peace, founded with such providential significance and guided by maternal love, has carried out various services and educational programs in all parts of the global village. These are to firmly establish families of true love, that elevate women's value. Consequently, we have achieved amazing growth and development in the world. Yeah, thank you. Women's Federation for World Peace accompany the declaration of uh, advent of the global era of women. True parents did not intend this federation to be a women's organization typical of this world. It does not aim to be an external, political, uh, combative, and secular women's rights movement, mainly targeting men, uh, advocating expansion of women's rights and gender equality and work, uh, workplace rights. Rather, it was established oriented by providence and, and designed to realize God's ideal of creation centering on three blessings. 
During the past 20 years, the Women's Federation for World Peace, guided by maternal love, has carried out various services and educational programs in all parts of the global village to firmly establish families of true love that elevate women's value. Consequently, we have achieved amazing growth and development in the world. I talked about it yesterday, but in my personal opinion, okay, I think the Women's Federation should embrace and educate humanity with the Mother's Heart Network. Again, I talk about Mother's Heart Network, centered on maternal love and unfold a movement that shows that example of true love. What is the true maternal love? It is a love that is unconditionally you know, for the, for the sake of others, unconditionally giving, unconditionally sacrificing, unconditionally investing. That is a true maternal love. With this kind of the maternal love, really embracing the all children and embracing even the you know, husband and then use and educate them and nurture them, that's why I think the role of Women Federation is very, very important. So we need to really, we need to have that kind of network, mother's heart network, centering on true maternal love. True mother already show us, true parents already show us. And then we need to really utilize this kind of the maternal love and embrace all mankind. That's why I'm saying. Now is the real era of the you know, Women's Federation for World Peace. We need to really promote Women's Federation for World Peace. I am telling you more detail tomorrow because today is not enough time. Uh, leaving divine principle, the root of sin, and let's study. The root of sin. The root of sin is that the first human ancestors had an illicit sexual relationship with an angel symbolized by a serpent. They could not multiply God's good lineage, but instead multiplied Satan's evil lineage. We know that the original sin has been perpetuated through lineal descent from one generation to the next. This is because the root of sin was solidified by a sexual relationship that binds one in ties of blood. Furthermore, those religions which emphasize the need to purge sin regard fornication as a cardinal sin, and they have taught the virtues of chastity and restraint in order to curb it. This is an indication that the root of sin is found in lustful desires. Therefore, the hope of an ideal world is an empty dream, as long as this root of all evils has not been eradicated at its source. Christ, at his second advent, must be able to solve this problem once and for all. Yes. Then uh, let's study Father's Word. This Father's Word is very much really profound. If we understand today's Father's Word, and then everybody can experience 
the reverse. What, what are the true meaning of repentance and reverse? Let's study. How can we eradicate the root of sin? Religious people and Christians are told to repent, repent. Then through what can they express their repentance? With a pledge paper? That's not possible. Have you ever heard of writing a pledge or repentance paper? Are Christians told to pray a repentance prayer? Then while doing it, they laugh. He, he, he. You must shed tears of repentance with a runny nose and saliva dripping down with a desperate heart, throwing your dignity and honor away, even not knowing whether you may die. You should bow your head to the ground and throw yourself down while repenting. Those who have not shed tears in this way cannot eradicate the root of sin in themselves. Yes. Just like uh, a prodigal son who left home and first repented after returning to his father, the way for fallen people to return to God is to go through a thorough course of repentance. I am telling you, my brothers and sisters, if we do not realize I am a sinner of sinners, how much have I hurt God's heart? If you do not realize how much have I hurt God's heart, have I hurt true parents' heart, have I hurt my father and mother, how much have I hurt my wife, my husband, my children, my brothers and sisters. If you do not realize the reality, I am a sinner of sinners. You know, life of faith begins from repentance. Repentance. You do not realize you are the sin of the sinner. That means you are still very, very self-centered. At the same time, you are very, very arrogant. Those who are arrogant, no tears, no repentance at all. Then how and what will you repent of? Repentance must be accompanied by tears of sincerity. Heartfelt tears. There's no tears. There's no repent, not, not heartfelt repentance. Where there is a true repentance, there is a really, really heartfelt tears as well. As true father said, you must shed tears of repentance with a runny nose and then saliva are dripping down with the desperate heart throwing your dignity and honor away, even not know whether you may die or not. Why can't we put out the root of the sin? It is because we did not realize that we were truly, truly sinners. Somebody said, I do not commit chapter to sin or what, you know, I did not lie. You do not know God's providence. You need to repent on behalf of Adam, on behalf of Eve, on behalf of all providential figures who could not fulfill 
on behalf of the Israel people. They are the one who really crucified Jesus. Then I need to repent on behalf of them. This is the reason why we can't we pull out the root of a sin. It is because we didn't realize that we are truly, truly sinners. The second reason is that we have not experienced the wailing and repenting after realizing that we are a sinner of among sinners. How much have I hurt God's heart? The reason why we have not been born again in our course of the faith is that we have not realized that we are truly sinners and have not experienced true repentance. That's why Jesus said in John, very important verse. I, this content really, I meditate a lot this content. Jesus said in the John 3.3, chapter 3, verse 3, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can we born again? How can we born again? Through repentance. Of course, externally, you need to receive blessing. But internally, you need to be born again through repentance. Because we do not have the experience of the being born again, and Jesus spoke of, or, or Jesus spoke of, that's why we cannot see God. I cannot see other person's heart. I cannot see spiritual world. I cannot see kingdom of heaven. I cannot see my wife. I cannot see, I cannot understand my husband's heart, children's heart. I cannot read their mind and heart. Why? I don't have real experience of the of the rebirth. You know, the experience of the rebirth need to go through thorough repentance with tears. This is also my task. When you think about the sorrowful God, no tears come out. Why? When you think about true parents' suffering, why cannot feel as my own suffering? Why there is a <clears throat> why why there is a heartistic gap between God and me, between true parents and me? Because I did not uh, go through the this process of the real repentance. I don't have experience of real rebirth. Those who still remain self-centered. Do not feel repentance. The reason why I can't repent and tears don't come out even if they do is because they are very, very arrogant. No tears means you are very self-centered. You are very, very arrogant. True repentance is always accompanied by tears. Those who do not feel repentance must realize that the pride still possesses them in their heart. Tears come out according to how sincerely you repent. You experience rebirth according to how many tears you shed. Your sins are cleared to the extent of the rebirth you experience. And as a result, you do not commit sins. If you truly, truly have experience of repentance, 
you're not committing anymore. Why are you committing sin again and again and again? That means you did not go through proper and thorough experience of the repentance. That's why coming sin again and again and then still cannot control your anger, still cannot control your all for kind of other nature because you did not go through the process of the repentance. Repentance. When you go through true repentance, really, really experience of the, your life-changing experience. Anyway, even though I'm saying to you, I am still far away. How much do I have tears for God? How much I really repent on behalf of Adam, on behalf of Eve, on behalf of Cain, on behalf of Abel, on behalf of Noah, Abraham. Their failure is my failure. Their problems are my problems. Their wish is my wish. We learn. Who crucified Jesus? Not just Israel people. My fallen nature killed Jesus. Killed Jesus. My own pride, my arrogance killed Jesus. My, because of my arrogance, you know, so, uh, make true parents suffer so much. I am that one. I am the seed of the seed. Do not expect to enter the kingdom of heaven. I need to expect, I need to go to the hell of hell. I need to really repent. I deserve to go to the hell of the hell because I am the one who hurt God the hand most. I am the one who hurt the parents' hand most. I am the one who hurt my wife's heart, my husband's heart, my children's heart. Heavenly Father, what shall I do? Only to you, those who have first repent a lot of their sins and receive the mercy and forgiveness from God are able to see others compassionately and weep and pray for them. Furthermore, they offer prayers to comfort for God. Why are there are no tears in your course of faith? It is proof that you are still have a lot of arrogance. Then what should you do to clear up your arrogance? You must repent. You must not just repent, but repent shedding tears. Today's youth ministry, from where must we achieve this content also really touched my heart. Today, so much important content today. So let's just start. From where must we achieve unity? Our cherished hopes are for unity. Even our dreams are for unity. We we'd give our lives for unity. Come along, unity. Unity saving the people. Unity saving all nations. Come here quickly, unity. Come along, unity. Unity does not mean unconditionally proclaiming the unity of the mind and body, nor the unity between husband and wife. The motivation for unity must first come from heaven. And we must first know that unity does not come from the outside. Heaven begins with the individual and the family. Our cherished hopes are for unity. Even our dreams are for unity. Is to first unify one's mind and body and realize our original selves. 
those who have realized their original selves are also those who have achieved unity. And within the family, unity is that between husband and wife, parent and child, and brothers and sisters. Yes. We always are singing this song, right? Unity song, right? are for unity. Even our dreams are, are for unity. Until now, we have sung this holy song countless times, wishing for the reunification of North Korea, South Korea. However, what is more important than unification of the Korean peninsula is mind and body unity. The unity husband and wife the unity of the parents and children, and the unity of the brothers and sisters. Every moment we are lamenting over ourselves who cannot unite our minds and bodies. In that sense, how many tears did we shed as we sang this holy song, wishing that our mind and body, my mind and body would be united. Oh, heavenly God, please, you see this poor, your poor son. I really, really, really sincerely wish that my mind and body become united. Please help me. I cannot do it by my own power. Whenever we sing a song with this kind of mindset and heart, also, how many tears have we shed as we sang this song, wishing for unity between husband and wife? Because unity between husband and wife is so difficult, very, very difficult, almost impossible. Some people confess that they wanted to commit suicide more than once or twice because difficult to make unity. And how many tears did we shed while singing this song, wishing that Cain and Abel would be unified? We know from daily experience how difficult it is for Cain to love Abel and for Abel to love Cain. We are fallen people. We are very much limited. Even if the homeland were united and the world become one, what meaning would it be? Uh, what, what, what meaning would it have? 
If we do not achieve the unity of the mind and body, and unity husband and wife, unity siblings, and unity between parents and children in our family, knowing that unification does not come from outside, but from the unity of the one's mind and body, and one should always reflect while singing this song of the unity and sing it with an honest hope, desperate hope for unity between mind and body and unity between husband and wife. Did you song with this kind of meaning? <laughs> you just only pray and singing for reunification between North Korea, South Korea. When I explain, when I hear about this word, whenever I sing this song of the unity, how much it reflect on the unity between mind and body? Next. Key elements of unity. The foundation of our life must be unified with the heart as a subject centered on heavenly parent. No matter how many secular people who cultivate themselves, shout for mind and body unity and train themselves. Unity is impossible when not centered on heavenly parent. Next is the unity of the couple. When a husband and wife become one, unity of the rest will become automatic. The most difficult unity is that between spouses rather than that of mind and body. And the important thing is what we have at the center when unifying. Unity cannot be achieved unless it is centered on love. What kind of love? True love. We must understand that among all of the elements of unity, the most important among them is love. Dr. Young, you're muted. Uh, that first thing we need to know is that uh, no matter how much we shout for mind and body unity and train ourselves, unity is impossible when not centered on heavenly parents. So we are talking about unity, 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 unity. Unity centering on what? You need to know that. Centering on God. The next step is unify of husband and wife. When our husband and wife become one, unity of the rest is automatic. Many people have shouted for mind and body unity, but there, uh, there has been no saint or great, great man in human history who shouted for the unity of husband and wife and showed a model example. No one showed them example. The most difficult unification is the unity between husband and wife rather than the unity of the mind and body. Even Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, and Jesus could not show the model of the true couple. Only true parents show that model. It is really incredible. All saints and saints talking about the mind and body unity, nobody talk about unity between husband and wife. Nobody talking about the family unity. Wow, I really, even our true father, true mother is really amazing, right? And another important point is what we centered on, uh, what we centered on when we try to unite. This is important. 
Unification cannot be achieved unless it is centered on love, not just only training, not just control your body by first. Unity. Unification and unity cannot be achieved unless it is centered on love. What kind of the love? True love. Among the attributes of the unity, we must clearly know that the most important one is love. How can my 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 mind and body unity cannot do cannot you make unity by force by power energy or knowledge only love through love what through love giving and giving unconditionally giving sacrificing 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 unconditionally unconditionally sacrificing for others invest invest. Again and co completely forget what I have invest hundred percent, hundred twenty percent. Then the object partner become better than me. Then imagine unconditional investing, unconditional loving, giving, and living for the sake of others. Unconditional sacrificing only through that kind of the way can make unity between mind and body. Can make unity between God and me. Can make unity between husband and wife. I am telling you, this is my my conclusion. I study a lot, Father's six hundred volumes. This is the answer. This is the answer. Unity, unity by prayer and meditation. Of course, some part works. But finally, is what by true love. By true love. Okay, final slide. Only through love is unity possible. True love only begins with heavenly parent. Therefore, unity cannot be achieved through neither human power, money, honor, nor ideology. Only through love can unity be possible. Therefore, in order to unite the mind and body, we must love Heavenly Parent more than anyone else. The degree to which you love Heavenly Parent and offer filial piety is the measure by which you can unite your mind and body. Unity between parents and children can never be achieved without the parents' love for their children and vice versa. If there is no unity centering on love, there will only be conflict. So the word unity is based on the premise of true love. Unity between husband and wife cannot be fulfilled unless both spouses love one another like heavenly parent. Yes, unification, unity cannot be achieved through human strength and power, money, honor, or human ideology. Unification is possible only through true love, just now I explained to you. Therefore, in order to unite the mind and body, what's the key? We must love God. We must love God more than anything else. We need to put God as a top priority, more than money, more than honor, more than my family, more than knowledge, more than anything else. 
That is Jesus saying first commandment, right? Therefore, you must subjugate your body with the heart of love for God. As much as I love God, that much I can control, that much I subjugate my body. No other way. The power comes from God. The power, that power is the power of the Hyojong that loves their parents. That's why Hyojong is important. How to control my body? Through the power of the Hyojong. What does Hyojong mean? I love God more than anything else. That is Hyojong. The degree and strength to which you love God and offer filial piety eventually becomes the measure by which you can unite your mind and body. You can unite your mind and body as much as you love God. As much as you love God, then much you can control your body. As much as you love God, then much you can unite with your wife, your spouse, your children, with your cane and your Abel. That is the key. Unity between parents and children can never be achieved without true love. As the center, the heart of the parents loving their children and children loving their parents. If there is no unity centering on love, there will be only be conflict. So the word unity is based on the premise, the premise of true love. Unity between husband and wife can never be achieved unless the husband and wife love each other like God. When I see my husband like seeing God, when I see my wife like seeing my wife, seeing God. I'm telling you very important key point, right? You need to give me a lot of donation. How much I really... <laughs> anyway, I, this morning I woke up, I cry. When I about talking about the repentance. I, I confess to you, I am sin of the sinner. I could not liberate God. I could not comfort God yet enough. I could not do whatever, what Heavenly Father's want. So I feel I could not yet love much our American brothers and sisters. Someone may be suffering very much. I could not help them much. I am a sinner. I am a sinner of the sinner. I feel that. Today I spoke about from where must we achieve unity. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Yong, for your incredible guidance this morning. Yeah, we're truly uh, grateful and lucky to be able to receive so much uh of the wisdom that you're able to have from studying on true parents' words. And now to receive our uh, living testimony, uh, we've actually, we're going to be hearing uh, on the topic of the 24 plus connect uh, retreat, which we were, we heard about it before. And we even heard a testimony of a couple uh, coming, getting together out of that experience. But today we're going to be hearing from Mrs. Shizuka Paling on the success of how this 24 plus connect retreat happened. And so with that, Mrs. Paling, she's good. If you can please unmute and share. Yes. Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Dr. Young. And hey, our- she's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, it's, I feel like this topic of unity is such a fitting topic about what I'm gonna be talking about with this report. So let me just share my screen and then I can jump right into what happened. So. 
Um, I know a lot of you remember I was on here last month, really trying to fill up the slots, right? I was asking about all the men to come on, all the women to come on. And um, so before the retreat started, we had a full house. And uh, so now we we just came back last week from Florida. And so this is this is what happened. Um, this is our mission statement before we get right into it. Uh, the 24 Plus Connect hosts semi-annual retreats to provide the opportunity and resources for the greater 24 Plus unificationist singles population to enrich their connections and relationships. So our hope is to empower individuals on their journey to seek the blessing of true parents through virtual and in-person retreats. So this is our mission statement. I wanted to highlight our staff uh, we have, once again, the, the Paling family, so that's my family, uh, the Bercy's, and then we have the Holdesses, the Breelands, and the Lahogues. And uh, yeah, there was five couples and five kids, so there was definitely a lot going on, but we, uh, we'll explain more as we went on, but I wanted to just highlight and say thank you to all the staff because, you know, I, when I explain what happened, it it really did take unity to pull it all off, you know, to, to have unity between our husbands and wives, you know, and our families and, but just with each other um, as this whole retreat unfolded. So um, we had our retreat in Camp Kalakwa. So that's about, that's in Orlando area, but it's about two hours North of Orlando. And uh, it was our first in-person retreat since 2019. So we've done seven virtual retreats for the whole COVID period, but this is the first time we've been back since 2019. So we knew that this was going to be an like a special retreat. You know, it was the first time we're all gathering. Um, about five or was it, it was about five couples came out of our last in-person retreat. So that's actually really great. So we're like, okay, this is gonna be really great. A lot's gonna happen. And we can really just feel also the the battle, even just filling up all the slots with like its own challenge. So that was, um, anyways, so we're like, okay, this is going to be special. And of course, the day of the retreat is a Thursday. Everyone's flying in into Orlando. That's the spot we told everyone to fly in. We have all our shuttles arranged and a hurricane out of all things is coming through Orlando right in the morning of Thursday when everyone's flying in. I mean, they haven't had a they haven't had a hurricane in November. Like hurricane season is not November. That's usually September, like that August. That's different. November in 37 years, they've never had a hurricane come through that area. And of course, it's coming through at the exact same time. Everyone's coming in. 80 flights, everyone's canceled. And so our staff, we flew in earlier to organize. So we flew in on a Tuesday. We're sitting in our Airbnb thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Like, out of all times, it's a hurricane is coming through. All flights are canceled in Orlando the morning of. And we're thinking, <laughs> like, of course, right? This is the kind of one of those things. It's like, of course, this is happening to us. And so here's a picture of us staff, like, figuring out, well, what are we going to do? You know, we're on calls. People's, everyone's flights are canceled. And we're we're trying to now play travel agency, figuring out where everyone's going to fly into or drive into. And um, I want to give uh, some big shout outs to Matthew Breland and Mickey LaHogue. I mean, they were on the call all day, all night. I felt like they were just talking to all sorts of people trying to make this work. Um, and uh, anyways, it was it took a lot of unity and it was a miracle. 
But in the end, 78 out of 80 participants showed up. And we thought we would have to cancel. We weren't sure how this is all going to work out, but we were just so amazed on the heart and the effort everybody was willing to put to get here. People were just like, oh, my flight's canceled. And they're from the Bay Area, from Michigan, New York. Oh, I'll just drive. Like, I have time between now and my, I'll just drive. And then they'll drive. People were picking up people in random places. Bus loads were coming through. Like, it was really amazing to see how every, how willing everybody was to, to make it work. And it was fun too, because we'd be like, you can't be the only one now. Everyone's coming. You can't be the only one. So they'd be like, really? Okay. And then they'll start moving their flights around to make it happen. So yeah. So anyways, I think just having that pre, you know, effort to get to the retreat also just set the tone that everybody here wanted to be there. And so it was an, it was a draw already. And, you know, so as a, as a staff, we knew this group was like, okay, they're obviously here and they're serious. And so let's do this retreat. So um, the retreat uh, in the day. So it started, we had to kind of push it a little bit because to give people an opportunity to get there. But anyways, the day is typically like this, like in the morning, we have a staff testimony, uh, you know, just kind of t- about a certain topic. And then we'll have small group discussions. And so that people can have time to get to know each other a little bit better. So in these smaller um, groups. So here's a, you know, our staff giving testimonies at different times. And um, oh, yeah, and then um, then it would go into like a one-on-one conversation. And so people are like, what are one-on-one conversations? So basically everyone gets an opportunity. They have about four minutes to talk to each other to really get to a little bit more, uh, to get to know each other a little bit better. So so that every single person gets an opportunity to meet every single person. So um, yeah, 1400 conversations were had. Everybody got to meet one another. And then, um, yeah, this is just kind of, how like I'll even I'll be pacing I'll be like okay everyone switch you know it's like this whole thing but it's uh yeah it's great um and then the rest of the afternoon from noon right to 7 p.m till our evening programs is really just bonding activities so I put on emoji making class there was um and yeah here's some pictures of emoji making and then also there was like painting opportunities and just a lot of other fun activities that are on the retreat site. So there was zip lining, rock climbing at this like tower of faith where you could like jump off. So doing something like daring, um, there was mini putt canoeing. There's even this like giant, uh, because it's Florida, we can go swimming, which is nice. And there's this giant, like big pillow that people could jump off and fly off. So, so it's just a lot of fun too. Right. And I think that was the whole point. Um, so for the future, you know, just to encourage our other people to come out, it's fun. You know, it's not just this like singles retreat. It's it's a lot of fun. And we do a lot of great activities together like that. And um, we brought our families. So I think that was a, a different thing. Like in the past, I've been pregnant to these retreats or I've like brought maybe the baby, but it's always been kind of like, oh, a hidden thing. But this time, you know, a lot of us have full-blown families now. So we just were like, okay, we're bringing them, you know, we're bringing everyone. And um, it actually just brought a different element to the retreat. I wasn't sure if it was going to be distracting or not, but um, overall, the participants really enjoyed having the kids. It was almost like the kids were a little bit of an icebreaker too, right? The, the kids are just everywhere. And um, 
And uh, yeah, so it was a great environment. Here's uh, here's Tazna and Phoebe. And um, so here are some of the comments of uh, the feedback. So I appreciate all the young families who came. It's so much more pleasant with young kids around and the example our young couples set was really comforting and encouraging. That was really nice. Um, I never thought the matching and blessing were possible anymore for me because I lacked self-pride and I had shame. Hearing other testimonies really helped me. I had preconceptions about a lot of people here, but those concepts were crushed. I love every single person here. This one's, I love that we were encouraged to utilize the time well to ask direct questions, be bold, and feel trusted to communicate with someone of the opposite gender with a lifelong future in mind. And lastly, before coming, I felt 24 Plus had a stigma where it brought people that were desperate in their matching process, where they tried everything or many things, and this was the only option left. I also felt it's too much of a curated environment that doesn't allow the natural process of finding someone. After attending, I felt how beautiful, healthy, and healing it is to be able to experience being with brothers and sisters who are striving for the matching of blessing one way or another. No matter where people may be at in their relationships to the DP, true parents, or our church, this retreat showed me that there are many that want to still receive the matching or at least be in a committed relationship. That was very healing for me as a second gen who is active in the church. And I felt that 24 plus is actually closer to our movements culture, um, closer to what our movements culture could look like, ideally, where the conversation of the matching and blessing is a norm. So I think the the general pattern that we were getting in our feedback was that this is for everybody. And I think that's what we wanted to achieve, you know, not just for the ones that are, are very connected and not just for the ones that are very distant, but just a way that everybody is trying to create this. It, well, you know, everyone's trying to create this family, this ideal uh, family and, and couples and that is, it is for everyone. So um Overall, it was just such a special experience. Um, the The feedback was very positive that it, it was done well, but also just overall. I mean, obviously, we're going to keep working at it. You know, we're always open to improvement. So if you have any feedback about what you think could be done, um, please let us know. But I want to give a big thank you to all the parents on this call that may have nudged or pushed your, uh, you know, young adult to come out because, Honestly, we really only had about like seven or eight or 10 guys before I did that first initial request. And now it was a full house. And then even even with all those parents, you know, we weren't sure. We're like, oh, my goodness, was it a lot of the parents that that kind of told them to go and do they want to be there? But 78 out of 80 participants really shows that they wanted to be there, too. And um, also thank you to all the subregions and just the different sponsorships. Um I know a lot of local communities also helped with uh, their, you know, for the participants to come out. So mm -hmm. a big thank you. And um, yeah, it was, it was just a great experience. So thank you everybody. Oh.